welcome to our Degrassi podcast. We just recorded a Wonder Years podcast, and now we've moved on to a Degrassi podcast. Welcome to Let's Talk. This is Ryan Weber speaking. And this is Spencer speaking. So let's talk Degrassi. So you may be thinking, what are we starting with? Are we starting with the kids version, the junior high version? Are we skipping right to high? Are we starting with the movie? Are we doing the uh, next generation? Are we doing uh, next class? Are we creating our own Degrassi? The answer is all of the above. No, not really. Uh, We are going into Degrassi Junior High. Started on January 18th, 1987. About almost 10 years. So it's eight eight years after the last uh, of the kids of Degrassi. So Ryan's gonna start us off with his first impressions of of the episode. Kiss me, comma, Steph. Well, this episode, it was a pilot episode. A fairly straightforward and catchy. Catchy. And I say that with the utmost availability. <laughs> I don't know how to word it, but it, it was hooking. I haven't seen the series before this one, but... I don't know how. This is basically the, the start of the Degrassi, as you'll know uh, it t- days to come. The, the other series was a, a children's program, like Arthur. Well, much. okay, but it, I didn't see any connection with this series and the later series, which I have seen. And I just I saw this, ep- this pilot episode as its own thing, despite it having any correlation. Without knowing, you actually did see a connection, because the woman with the big spiky hair... That's Emma's mom in Next Generation. So that's the connection. You just don't know the connection yet. No. And you will see the connection as the series goes on. Yeah, and there has to be more connections, but that's the only thing I pointed out that I really, that really stood out as something I could connect to. Right. This is something totally different and new for me. All right. So it's... A Playing With Time production, which I thought was the creepiest company name I've ever seen in my life. That's a strange name. Yeah. I don't think anybody should name the company. So we start with a, a cold open where it's Steph, and we learn it's Steph and Arthur. They are siblings, brother and sister, different last names. This got me even more than the different last names. He lives with his dad. She lives with the mom. And the, so the parents must be divorced. So yeah. how, I don't really understand that setup, but maybe that is a common setup in Canada. Yeah, I, I think it was a healthy way of putting those characters, brother and sister, on the show. Because by the end of the episode, they seemed like they grew, they grew closer in relationship. Right. Like at the first minute, and it showed them, you know, going to school... And it was his first day of middle school, and he, she basically laid down the ground rules of what to do and what to not do. Right. And basically, by the end of it, uh, they were totally different people. Right. And those are the t- they those two pretty much give us plot A, plot B, and then I think there's a little bit of a plot C where he continues to try to talk to her at school, but mainly it's those two carry the the show. So we go into the theme song, which I told you is uh, a sh- complete shocker. And this episode was pretty, pretty positive. But when they get into the more 
extreme episodes with like abuse or like date rape. This song plays right after someone's been beaten. It's it's a strange song. It's like I it's catchy, but it's like very out of nowhere. It's very party central. Yeah, very uplifting. Which I guess it 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 kind of brings up the point where if someone is having a hard time at home, other other people could be having a good day. So it's kind of that whole thing where everyone is experiencing a day differently at school. Yeah. So. We, we get a brief... You won't know this, but they... And I didn't notice the first time I watched this, which I've watched this a couple times, is that the a character named Rick, uh, Stephanie walks by and says, uh, you're just, so you're, how, how you... Uh, what do you feel about uh, grade 7 again? No, he, she says, what do you feel about grade 7? And he goes, ugh, again. So, and he'll be... And that's a very important point because I know he becomes a bigger character. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, we go into the washroom, and uh, I'll, I'll bring this over to you after I read a couple of points. We, we get introduced to Stephanie's best friend, Vula, which I immediately wrote Amish, question mark. And that, she's, very, she's very the opposite of Stephanie. Stephanie's undressing her shirt, which she makes a bra, and then she takes off her pants to a different pair of pants. And, uh, yeah, from there, Vula gives her a bracelet. Yeah, and she makes a bra out of her shirt. Yeah. So what did you think it's of quite... the bathroom scene and leading up to the bathroom scene? I thought it was quite forward-thinking. Um, I, I mean, the whole scene, the scenery, everything building up to that bathroom point was meant to be just that. Like, I, I think Stephanie had a vision when she woke up this morning about what she was going to do because she was in grade 7 last year and this year. Yeah, they make a big eight. point at that beginning. And she, know, you know, she has, like, she didn't even say, I want to be president before she got to school. Or I, at least I don't, I don't see that. But when she got to school... Oh, I no, mean, it was definitely on that Everything moment. fell into place, right? Like, everybody was saying, hi, hi Stephanie, hi, Stephanie. And, and they then, built the, the idea that she's popular, yeah. even before she had the cool clothes on whether she thought she was or not and then she that confidence got to her and she let the one guy kiss her and then that's but you notice i don't know if you notice this because i i listen to what other podcasts about degrassi and they brought this up and i noticed it now the principal says hey guys get out there and run for um run for uh, office he said hey guys she just assumed he meant guys because i say sometimes to girls hey guys what are you doing so she ran for president because he said, hey, guys, she doesn't even know if he was just meeting guys. If she was, he was talking guys as a collective. <laughs> so he, she, she ended up winning, but based on, the, on a fact that could not be true. He could have just yeah. meeting guys as a collective. It, it was out of frustration over something that she didn't understand. Right. So from there, we, they, we, they established that that friendship is strong, though... I did notice in the, um, we, I'll talk about it a little later, uh, Vula comes across a little bit prudish and almost a little bit of a slut shamer. She really is against uh, Stephanie's clothing. Oh, she, she says this with her body language and what she says numerous times. Every time she opens her mouth, it's, it's a look and then it's what she says and she says it with such sincerity that. Steph almost doesn't want to believe her. Yeah. Um, so we 
Arthur we Arthur meets Joey, which Joey you should know from Next Generation. He's the bald guy in Next Generation. And he's the the kind of the class clown. He he uh, and Arthur meet and he does this handshake and then Arthur's like like dumbfounded. He couldn't even keep up with the handshake because it was like <laughs> and they meet. And then we would go back to that that was when the school president happened. And Steph and Vula says Steph should run. She's popular, but then completely, then it completely goes after her looks. So, either do you want her to run, or do you want her to feel bad about herself? Like she's contradicting herself. She goes, "You're popular, but I don't know about those clothes." Like it's like, do you want her to run or not? <laughs> you can't say. I I wouldn't say if you were wanted to run. I wouldn't say you should run, but really, really, your nose is too big. Like you, <laughs> it's you see what I mean. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense. No. What did you think about Vula and the president run? Vula was the crucial drive of really getting from point A to not being anybody really running for president to winning it. Right. But we do see later that there is another person running though I don't know if that was legit or not. We really don't get it. They don't show anybody else. I think they, they show that Snake. guitarist. Yeah. Maybe that's Snake. Yeah, that's Snake. But he didn't make himself clear. Like, he didn't say anything. He just walked it with the guitar and started playing. And I bet you he got votes. <laughs> yeah. He got, yeah, he would have got a few votes probably, but he had no competition with what Steph was doing. Like, she, Steph had, number one, a friend like Bula who was trustworthy and wanted to help her, yet... Steph was um, ineffectionate towards that helping and really took advantage of what Lou was doing. See, I I found that the problem with this episode was that the plot, the, the, the B plot that Arthur and Joey and the, that thing was so uninteresting and the plot with the presidency was so interesting. Even the plot where Arthur knows Steph was interesting. But the problem is they kept going back to because now Hank and Joey trap Arthur in a closet. They keep going back and forth from interesting to not interesting. Like, I wasn't interested in Arthur at all. Like, Joey was a good villain, but, like, Arthur, I... You should feel bad for him for he's laying locked in a closet. I, I said good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I mean, he... He walked into the school and he didn't know what he was doing, so in turn he was more or less a useless character up until a certain point. Yeah. So like that, I, I, I completely forgot about him. Like, I didn't know his name. Yeah, you had asked me three times what his name was. <laughs> He's so forgettable. Yeah. So, but he, nevertheless, he needed to be at the school, yeah. whether they showed him or not. So uh, then jo- we learned that we learned that Joey's a creeper. He's, he uh, says a couple lines I can't. I didn't even write down because they were so like. One of them was like, "I'm I'm a playboy, want to play," <laughs> and then he winks her eyes at her. That's it's a creepy relationship. Yeah. Well, that's all I'll say about that. And then we meet three other characters very quickly. I had a, we meet Mr. Radage, who was a very cool teacher, kind of just does just does things. He took off his hat so nonchalant, not don't even say anything to him. Then we meet Yik Yu. Which um, kind of a racist name, <laughs> yeah, <Yikyu. laughs> for an Asian guy, and he becomes Arthur's friend, and basically he meets the same fate as Arthur <laughs> in the closet. That's why there was 
the very very like Yik Yu Arthur they're not they weren't characters in this episode I was really cared for. And I didn't understand the part with the walkie-talkies. What was that? About? I'll explain that after. But because first we meet, because then we meet Miss Avery. Because they they first they come to the classroom. Are these classrooms deadbolted? I thought I saw a deadbolt. I did. No, I saw it. They're cl- once you're in, I guess you don't come out until they're ready for you to come out. She's and Miss Avery, who spells out her name and then makes sure to tell the students she's not married. Ms. Dot. Avery, Ms. Avery. And no, she's to do that. She goes M S. <laughs> oh, like it was. It was very, very odd for a teacher to do. But I liked how they had both Miss Avery and the other teacher. What was his name? Uh, Mr. Radich. Yeah, Mr. Radich. I, I I liked his character a lot. I thought he was very bold, very calm and collective. And he, he told Joey off. Like, nobody does that. Not Like, I, I didn't see a teacher do that up until that point. No, you're right. Um, so then we, from there, we go back and forth with the stories. We, we start in the library. They're planning um, the presidency. But before that, they were in class, and Stephanie says, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know how to do speeches, which I understood. Speeches are hard. But then she goes, I can't do posters. And I was like... That's all you do in elementary school and middle school is posters. <laughs> she needed uh, help with posters. <laughs> and then um, where do we go from there? Um, cat. We get the cat calls in the library. They're whistling at her. They, 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 this show has a weird thing where the kids act like they're forty. Like uh, that's something I would you'd see a middle aged man do. I don't. I don't know if you'd see a middle schooler do even at that point. I don't even think I saw. I heard calls until like high school mm-hmm. and um I never went to middle school so I wouldn't know yeah <laughs> that's fair um then we go to Steph's speech which I think this this is where the episode uh got really good because she's saying a lot of good things and is even agreeing with her and uh the tape is a turn for the worse with the kissing and uh that's really when her campaign went downhill <laughs> what'd you think of that yeah, I thought it went both up uphill and downhill. Right. Of course, she won. I don't necessarily think all that kissing was really the reason. I thought it was the fact that she opened herself up to possibilities because actually Joey said something, and I can't remember the line, but it was when they were all in school, and she was saying, well, I'm, I'm going to do this. It wasn't the outside one. It was the one inside. Right. Joey was standing there, and he said something along the lines of, "All, who knows what the possibilities are," and he was re really recapping. Oh, you mis you misunderstood it. Oh. He didn't say what you know what the possibilities. He goes, he first says, uh, "Steph will wear a, a, a bikini," but then he goes, um, "Will you a vote for Steph? Who knows what'll happen?" So he he was oh, you, yeah. you interpreted nicely. But I don't think he meant it. Nicely. But it, it was just that line that really caught my attention. It yeah. wasn't the fact that it was about the bikini takeoffs, even though that that was a big reaction for the crowd. Right. But with Joey there, he said that, and that probably got to her head right. in some way, and she walked away from that not knowing what to do. Because, so, well, I mean, the kissing thing, that's number one, but the taking the bikinis off, I can only imagine what she would be feeling like. Right. 
what she would do. And then they had the all the way with Stephanie K song. Yeah. That was that was funny. Yeah. I enjoyed that. <laughs> and Stephanie. We we then we then get to her spank. She we they almost play it up as if she say she's doing all this kissing and all that, and then suddenly she has gets a conscience and she says, I need to thank someone who's been there the whole way. Which makes it seem like she's gonna thank Vula. Because she's they set it up where she's Vula's not they shot they shoot to Vula and she doesn't look happy because of all the kissing. And then um they uh they uh, have Steph start a speech and then what happens is uh she thanks Joey. It says I I think that says a lot about at least the friendship that Vula and Steph had previously. Never mind now, because now Vula doesn't trust Steph in a certain light because Vula thought that Steph was going to save her name. But I think that it makes... Oh, sorry. We put a little bit of music for you guys. Exactly. See, I think that makes Steph a more interesting character than Vula because she's flawed. That's what I put. Flaws explored. Because she's not a perfect person. She, She wanted to win, and she said that to uh, Vula VA that she wanted to win and uh, Vula said she could win and you know what unfortunately she had to hurt some people but uh, the end result was she wanted to win mm-hmm. but Vula also said that because she knew she was helping Steph and not Steph just doing it all by herself like she Vula helped Steph but only to a certain extent like Steph still spoke spoke with her actions. Like, Vula never, Vula never gave any praise to Stephanie during the campaign. Yeah. She wanted all the credit. Joey did help her. The, she, he did something that unintentionally he did. He got the mail vote for her. Mm. Oh, that's a big, that's yeah. a big turning point. And once, once Steph realized that she got, she could get the mail vote, that's really what I bet you she got ninety. I bet you she got 90% of the vote and the, those feminists who were sitting on out there probably didn't vote for her. They probably voted for uh, Snape, or they probably didn't vote. I don't think they showed the election speech, did they? I don't remember that. The speech? What do you mean? Like she said she was she. Oh no, that would have been. Oh, the speech is the the episode. Actually, the next episode shows the the which would be the speech at the dance. That's what I thought. And they had the voting day. What was really weird about the episode is they shoot they they cut to to Vula voting. And it almost seems like she's going to rig the ballot box because she's checking off a lot of things. I don't know if she's checking off multiple rolls, but she look, they, they shot it as if, oh, she's going to tamper with the ballot. But it, this is also the 80s. They're not, they don't think like that. <laughs> That's more... They you know, also aren't covering their votes. Yeah. And everybody's in the same... Really, they all should be in ballot. <laughs> so at uh, the end of the episode, we get we meet the VP. At a, we never... We just... Uh, I guess you don't appoint your own VP. They just... If you want to be VP, you just say you want to be VP. Susie Rivera, she wants to get into politics. Yeah, I don't know where she came in. <laughs> she, she, I mean, she just, no, she walked in the scene, and she just started talking. Like, Steph didn't say one word. She didn't know what was going on. And well, she said sudden, speech. She just said that twice. She said it to the older teacher, the teacher, and then she said it to her. She's like, I have to write a speech. She just, she, even though she's just said a speech. <laughs> So uh, that was our episode. Um, what would you give this episode out of ten, Ryan? I'd 
give it a solid seven point five. I see. I I I think it was weighed down a lot by the Arthur plot. I'm gonna give it a five. What you give it a seven and a half? Yeah. Okay. So it ends up with twelve and a half. All right. So thank you for watching, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Good day.